Inspired by hip-hop and the faith culture, the sanctuary in my solitude, the thoughts, feelings, and life lessons of an imperfect Christian by Anthony Kisik is beautifulfeathentertainment.com's work in print. It is a book of poetry and it's available through iUniverse.com, Amazon.com, beautifulfeetentertainment.com, and the links are also available in our social media and podcast. So please consider The Sanctuary of My Solitude if you're looking for a next great read. Thank you so much. This is the Beautiful Feet Podcast. A partnership with BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com. Follow us on social media at Beautiful Feet Entertainment and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Beautiful Feet Podcast. My name's Anthony. And I'm Jessica. And this week we are continuing our conversation over Lecrae's Restoration album. Um, so last week, let's talk about just a quick glimpse on what we did last week and then we'll jump into this week. So whenever we have album reviews here, the first week is our first impressions. We do a little bit of track by track and what stuck out to us. But week two is where we, as Anthony likes to say, we we dive in. We uh, look at our experience with the album, if we had a connection to it, its importance, and its impact. Yeah. So. <laughs> so last week, first impressions. Um, you obviously are more familiar with the. Lecrae with the artist than I am and yes that is his real name it's not a stage name that's his name because I think I did ask you that kind of in a behind the scenes moment <laughs> you did you were like is that a stage name and I'm like nah that's his name like, well, you know. so many of the artists that you enjoy they're like so and so aka this person yeah no this is his real name um, I don't know why he doesn't use a stage name he never has but anyway fine because it's such a unique name anyway But that's not the point. You were saying. So, first impressions, what stuck out to me a lot was that he was talking about his purpose and also the pain that he's gone through and the ability that he still wants to praise God, to use three P words there. Yeah. Purpose, pain, and praise. The three P's of restoration. My, obviously my initial album, I mean, it's my album. Like, I'm the one who, like, downloaded it or whatever. And I downloaded it, like, at midnight, the night it came out. So that tells you right there, I was looking forward to this album. And to be honest with you, there's not a lot of albums anymore that I'm really looking forward to. You're just kind of like, yeah, I'll catch it. I'll catch it when I catch it. Back in the day, boy, if I heard Lecrae was coming out with an album, or if I heard my favorite artist was coming out with an album, I was, like, marking it on a calendar. I was so excited. But music has not been getting me that hyped up as much as it used to just because the quality or the type of music has changed based on culturally what people are listening to so but this album I heard about it and I was like yo I heard about the concept of it and I just I had to get it so midnight came I was at work I hit the download button and there it is I have the album um I really enjoyed this album I really really enjoy it so this album's about 45 minutes long. It's got 14 tracks, so really easy to just like take about an hour, sit, listen to the whole thing. Well, and each track is pretty short. It's about two it, minutes. Yeah, it kind of just cuts straight to the point. Here's what it's about. It's, it's not one of those albums where the artist tries to draw out this big, long project. It's just his, his, his track one track two, track three, and there you go. Um, do right, we, uh, we, we want to we'll, start digging? That's what I was going to say. Do we want to break it down like track by track? Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm grabbing a paper towel. Okay. <laughs> Behind the scenes here. Okay, so I'll start it off. The first track is called Restore Me. And um, he talks about how Again, he just had a lot of pain. There was a lot of trauma in his life. He felt very hurt. Um, his faith was just shaky. His mind, like, there was just a lot of... He just had a lot going on. Um, but he was talking about the fact that even though all of this happened to him, 
he still wanted to be able to be like, God, okay, grow me through this opportunity. Yeah, um, so for a little bit of background, refer back to last week's episode, uh, but basically he kind of grew up in a rough neighborhood, um, grew up with family members who were gang members and just, you know, that type of thing. Uh, he had some trauma in his early life. Um, you can actually hear about that in his first book, Unashamed, so if you want to read that, read that. Um, and he's just, you know, but he, my favorite lines of this album, or this album, this song, are really the first ones. He says, I lost everything I had in a couple years. I lost my faith, I lost my mind, and I had a lot of tears. So that tells you right there, this is after he'd become a Christian, most likely after he'd become a successful recording artist. He just got to that point where he lost everything. Um, and he kind of had to rebuild a lot. So that instantly hooked me in because I was like, okay, he's talking about real life in the past couple years as opposed to, hey, when I was five, this happened to me and now I'm touching 40 and it's still an impact. Like, I think he's that's about the age that he is. Um, he also says, I spoke up about these problems and I saw outside people turn their back on me. Um, you know, you would have swore I died. So he's basically saying, I spoke about my issues and the people who supported me kind of turned away. And you had mentioned the reason they did is why? Because they were probably uncomfortable with that content, right? Yeah. Would you want to speak on that a little bit? So I don't take up this whole podcast? No, I'm ready to move to track two. Ah, see, <laughs> she's uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, and he talks about just, before we go to track two, he just talks about different things that he went through. And at the end of it, they're like, well, how did you get through it? He said, I started with a prayer. So he's like, it starts with just trying to connect with God. Um, so let's jump to track two. Track two is called Set Me Free. And what it, what pointed out to you? So he's talking about the fact that he really wants to be able to praise, like to have that worship experience. But he's saying, like, hey, take these shackles off my feet so I can dance. And he talks about, again, like these people who are um, saying negative things about him. He's like, you need to get your facts straight. And he had a lot of bitterness, but he had to let that go and know that God was still having god's light shining down on him and it, it's the first time we really see him say like hey i needed to get back to what my purpose was yeah so first of all i like the idea of take the shackles off my feet so i could dance it reminds me of i don't know where it is in scripture it's in the old testament probably in kings um where david you know gets the um uh, Ark, of, Ark the of the Covenant, covenant and yeah. he's just dancing around in the streets and people think he's nuts. That's kind of what that reminds me of. Uh, it's that rejoicing in the Lord, like not caring that people are watching or what people think. And I like what you had mentioned where he says he continually brings back this idea of his purpose. Um, and I think the background for that, again, um, like I talked about in the first episode, he really, like, he got so wrapped up in making music, I think he forgot his purpose of, like, what's the purpose of the music? What's well, to bring people closer to Jesus? He, I th maybe he was just getting used to making music for the sake of, this is me, this is my identity, I'm an artist, I'm not a Christian, I'm an artist. Um, and that's why he was making music. I don't know, again, I'm not trying to put words in anybody's mouth, um... But it definitely seems that way because now it seems like he's going back to that idea of I'm making music with a purpose of bringing you, the listener, closer to Jesus. Comments, concerns, you nope, look you track look three. I'm ready to go. Wow. We're just wow. I give my opinion. You give yours. We're moving on. <laughs> okay, wheels up. This is one of my favorite tracks on the album, um, mainly because. As I, again, referenced in the first episode, um, he goes back to that lyrical Lecrae that I knew from, you know, when I first found him. 
So, um, and then he just, he, he's got some great lines in here, but I'm gonna let you go first. Okay, so wheels up, he's talking about being in an airplane, um, and that his problems get to fade to gray when he's just up there, and he's working on finding his goal and saying, like, he says, I reside where I belong, I'm mm-hmm. an introvert at work, that was my favorite lyric, by the way, introvert at work, I feel like that should be a sign on, like, shy people's doors everywhere. Um, And he says, be what you pursue. And then he says, God is greater than the trouble that I see. Mm -hmm. So, again, he's just talking about the fact that, you know, like, sometimes we need to get away from everything. Because he has troubles on his mind. Yeah. But he knows that God will help him conquer those. Definitely. Um, I'm looking for a specific... And I'm oh, like, yeah. I want an introvert at work sign now. <laughs> yeah, let, let's go ahead and make that one. Um, I like what he says, because again, it, it, it's the idea of being able to get away from your problems for a moment. He talks about having a bird's eye view or a God's eye view of everything, because he's looking at the bigger picture. Um, now he's not just focused on minor details, he's looking at the bigger picture. Um and he, he has a line in the first verse, um, and you kind of alluded to it, but I love what he says. He says, uh, you're going to be what you pursue. I had to renew my goals. So he's saying, I'm going to become with the things that I pursue. If I pursue fortune and fame, that's what I become. I become shallow. I become everything that kind of comes with being a famous celebrity uh, who just cares about that. So he's like, I had to renew my goals. I had to change my perspective. Uh, And that's kind of what this song is about, is changing that perspective from the details to the God's eye view of, of, you know, being able to see the full picture. Was there any more on this track you wanted to look into? Nope. I think that brings us into (laughs) Over the Top, um, because he talks about, like, hey... I realized I had a deal with Nike. Like, I'm getting all these awards. I got a billboard award. But all of those things, it's not going to help keep my mind intact. And again, he goes back to, I needed to find my purpose. Because even though he was getting those checks, he said he was still depressed. And then he talks about God's deliverance in his life. Mm-hmm. See, this is one of those songs that um, I kind of peeked over at you when you were listening to it. Because I was wondering if you would, what you would get as the the uh, point of the song, right? So, because over the top kind of has a double meaning to it. It's you know when you become famous or when you become uh, popular in your craft, you're at the top. And he got to that point. He's like, okay, I'm over it. I don't need that anymore. Um, one of my favorite lines. I believe it was in the second verse. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, Because I just had it. Where did you go? Um, Anyway, basically he talks about how he's like, I've met a lot of celebrities and they're made of flesh. Basically he's like, look, they're human. You look at them as they're gods or they're um, untouchable. But he's like, they're human. And they make mistakes and... (laughs) They, they get wrapped up in things like fortune and fame. Um, and he's just like, you know what? I'm over it. I don't need it. The music video for this was crazy because he actually took one of the plaques that he got um, for a song that he did um, called uh, I'll Find You with uh, Tori Kelly, I think is her name. Um, and it, this was like one of his most popular songs uh five years ago, a couple years ago, he took that plaque, he hung it up, and in the music video, he actually smashes it with a bat as a way of saying, you know what, I don't. this has value, but it doesn't have ultimate value over my life, like it once did. Um, I don't know if it was a, I don't, I don't think it was a prop either. I think it was the actual plaque from what he said in one of his interviews, which I'm, I'm kind of impressed by. Um... Next track, because I know you're ready to move on. Yep. Self-discovery. Wow, that was cool. (laughs) Hope you guys enjoyed that. That was fun. Um, So, we have self-discovery. 
What do you got, lady? He talks about, how, like, where his family is from, you know, throughout the globe, like, Jamaica, and how they struggled when they came here, um, and how people, like, the main point of the song is, hey, bigger is not always better. Like, you want a big house, you want fancy clothes and jewelry and all this stuff, but honestly, you need to have, like, less of that or less desire for it. He talks about how, um, because of so many things that have gone on in the past in his family, he feels like he has to bring healing there and that he's just dealing with um, mm-hmm. PTSD. So the PTSD part, again, I saw you write that down. I mean, you were like, oh, God, I got to write this down. Can you explain that real quick? Well, PTSD, he says PTSD running through me. Um, PTSD is post-traumatic stress disorder and it's basically like hey when you've gone through a traumatic event like you can have flashbacks and um, originally people had used it to refer to like um, people who've seen combat like uh, military action but now we know that it it comes from all sorts of different kinds of trauma in life and again like I don't know what exact trauma he's referring to but it sounds like it's something that maybe has some stories passed down to him from generations and then his own personal life. Yeah, so... Um, so, like, events happened and he just was not the same person after that. Yeah. And so the thing was, like, yeah, he, he he's talking about discovering himself again, right? So, um, and the idea of PTSD, like, some of it's from his childhood... Um, and again, read his book, Unashamed. He goes into that. I don't know. He's coming out with a new book um, called I Am Restored, which I'm excited to read. Um, and you, you know me. I don't get excited to read anything. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, no, you liked the Bella's new book. I did. I didn't, I didn't expect to... I didn't initially expect to read it. It was just one of those, you know what? I, I, I'm, but that could honestly be a bonus podcast. Hint, hint. Yeah, hint, hint, wink, wink. Um, so stay tuned sports fans right um yeah I mean this song is pretty it's it's I like it it's it's not my favorite but it's definitely one of those songs where I'm like okay I could tell he's working through some stuff in his life and discovering what's important to him so uh that's all I'm gonna say about that because I don't want to tell his life story so we're gonna go to deep end the next track deep end so, in this track, he talks about the world at large, how it's basically just gone mad, and he's like, I can't find a reason for this season, and he says he's been wrestling with the Holy Ghost, and that his heart is just this storm that is really heavy. So, that's track six, and then track seven is going to be Drown, and I feel like they were kind of written to to dovetail and kind of See, go together. So, so, here's the thing. Before you jump into Drown, okay, they were not written together. Because, like, that's how I how I was like, oh, exactly. they so, must be related. <laughs> so, Deep End was the last song on the album that he wrote. He wrote it in response to the uh, George Floyd incident. Mm-hmm. And he literally made a music video, um, like, the next week and put it out immediately. So, um... I feel like the fact that he was able to take his artwork and use it as a way to express the feelings that I feel like our entire nation was going through during that moment in time, it's like this is going to be a tiny little time capsule. It is. But his, so, and, um, and I'm going to, we're going to get into Drown in a minute, but like, so going back to the, the previous episode that I talked about, uh, I talked about how he had a deal with Columbia, right? Which is a major record label. Mm-hmm. And now he left that record label and he's working with Reach Records again. And he's 100% independent. He had mentioned in an interview that... Because he was talking about this song about Deep uh, yeah deep End. And he was just like, I was able to, within a week, like about a week to two week period, make the song, publish it, put out a, a video... All within a short time span. And he's like, if I would have stayed with Columbia, that would have taken months. Mm-hmm. Because of all the, whatever, all the stuff that goes with it, right? Um, and he's like, I, I didn't intend to write this song. But after what happened with George Floyd, like, 
He's like, I sat in my studio and I was like, I need to speak on this. And so he did it the only way he knows how through music. And he's like, I need to put a video out because it's like you said, it's timely. It's a time capsule. So this was actually one of the last songs on the album that he did. Uh, and he did it like immediately. Um, and then it jumps into Drown. And he did plan that out where it's like he saw the, he put the two songs together. He listened to him and he goes, that's perfect. We're going to keep it that way. Um, so talk about Drown. So he talks about how he was just feeling so lost in this world and there was just so much darkness going on. He didn't know who to turn to or who to trust. And he's basically calling out to God and saying like, hey, I need somebody who's never going to let me down. Like I need relief from my pain. And that's where we talk about this concept of hope is the thing that has helped keep him sober. Mm-hmm. He does talk about um, how the problems he was dealing with has him drinking more and more. And again, I don't know if that's past Lecrae, if that's over the last couple years, during his time away from the faith. It doesn't specify, but I don't think it needs to. I think, I think it's great because I believe that no matter what stage in life you're at, when you hear that, you can go, I, I remember feeling that way, or I'm currently doing that, or so it allows for that amb- ambiguity so that you as a listener can relate. So I, I really like that. And this is also the song with John Legend, and how do you feel like he did? I feel like he killed it. Like, it was phenomenal. To me, all the songs kind of just sounded the same, honey. What? I'm going to pray for this child. <laughs> um, no, I felt like it was really a really good teaming with these guys. It sounded really good. Saturday Night. And that's the name of the next song. Saturday Night. Um, he talks about, like, hey, I've been in these scenarios where I've been in the club. I'm getting drinks. I'm trying to just, again, just numb this pain that I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks about this trouble distinguishing okay like what's real what like am i dreaming right now i need to wake up and just that realization of like okay you have to find what's best for you yeah um yeah this is another one of those songs that like he's just talking about how i used to deal with pain um and again i think we can all look at our lives and see either how we're currently dealing with pain and in in a bad way or how we used to deal with pain in, in a negative way or a bad way. Um, and again, at the end of the song, this one's kind of interesting because it kind of leaves you... It doesn't automatically go into, oh, and Jesus saved me. It kind of leaves you hanging there because the next song is called Sunday Morning. So he goes from Saturday night to Sunday morning, which obviously... Um, in reality, Sunday is typically when church happens. So, there's that connection there. What do you got for Sunday morning? Well, he talks about, like, okay, it's time to wake up. He knows that there's been people who's been pr- who've been praying for him. Um, so, he's ready to start again and just be refreshed by listening to the gospel. And he knows that God desires to have this time, for us, time with us. Um, he talks about, like, hey everybody kind of leaves and that just the the impermanence of life like we're basically just a vapor this concept of like hey don't think of yourself as so important because blink of an eye your life could be over yeah so it's definitely that you know i'm being renewed by the spirit by the gospel i was in this state of mind you know and now i'm in a new state of mind one of my favorite lines is where he says, I thought I, was, I thought I was finished here. Jesus told me to start again. So he's like, I thought my life was done with. I was done with that stage of my life. Or however, Jesus, he's saying, nope, Jesus said start again. So Jesus is pressed. And he even says that later on where he said, Jesus pressed the refresh button or something like that. And I was just like, um, and I was like, that, that sounds like something I've been through. Where it's like, man, I was having a rough period in life. And God just hit that refresh button and said, you know what? I'm going to reconnect with Jesus. I'm going to start again and I'm going to move forward. So, um, and that's, again, that's what the song is about. When he talks about waking up, there's that double meaning of 
physically waking up to a Sunday morning and waking up spiritually. So, uh, anything else? Moving on? Nope. Zombie, right. you're ready for it. Yeah. So, my favorite lyric from this song is when he was talking about his heart feeling like a chew toy because that was just <laughs> such a visceral, visceral image. Like, I literally picture, like, his heart just ripped it to shreds. Um, you know, because if you've seen dogs and chew toys, like, that's what they do. They just gnaw at them. Um, and he talks about, again, like, how he was drinking at a young age, how he thought he was in love with a stripper. Like, he just kind of felt like he was this robot in the dark. But then he was calling on Jesus and he realized, like, hey, God has given me these gifts. Yeah, so he has a line in there. <coughs> Excuse me. He said, I was walking dead on the ledge, praying that I don't fall off. Spirit interfering, now I'm... Now I'm the new me about to go off. So it's basically this idea of like, I was walking on a path that was leading me to death, trying to kind of teeter between death and life. And he's like, God came and basically gave me a new life, gave me a new start. Um, and he's playing with the idea, obviously the song's called Zombie, so he's playing with the idea of zombies being these undead creatures. Uh, and when you're not engaged in your relationship with Jesus, you're almost like a zombie. You're just walking through life. Um, but then when you become a Christian and you're actually engaged in that relationship, like you have this new life that you can walk in this path. So, and it's actually, uh, this is one of those songs that's fun. It's fun to listen to. You know, I didn't feel like it was overbearing. I felt like it was pretty fun. So, Keep going. Next song. So that, That's the name of the song. It is Keep the name going. of the song. It's track number 11. He talks about the fact that he really... Um, he didn't grow up without a dad. He didn't grow up with a dad. There yeah. we go. I was like, I don't know how to say it. So, like, his dad wasn't around. That made him feel like he was in a pit, but he made it out of it because he had this struggle. But um, there was also perseverance there. Mm -hmm. And the lyrics that stood out to me for this because... That was when you showed me that you can scroll through and actually look at the lyrics. It was very helpful. It says, hands to the ceiling when you see the trouble. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Kind of like hands up, don't shoot little. Well, and, and, and you see that in church all the time, right? You see people in the middle of worship. They kind of have their hands up, like, in a way of surrendering. See, um, I didn't think of worship at all. I thought of the police are here. Okay. I'm going to put my hands up. That's again, where I went. That's where there's different perspectives, right? So... And it's funny that you had that perspective and I had the church perspective. <laughs> and, I know, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, this song is, again, it's just, it just keeps bringing back of, like, I was in a pit, God came, got me out. You're going to hear that a lot simply because that's what was going on in his life. The story with his dad is, yeah, his dad was not around. When he got married, when Lecrae got married, his wife's dad, so his father-in-law, really became a father figure to Lecrae. Where, to the point where, uh, in the three-part documentary that I mentioned to you last episode, um, Lecrae was talking about it. Because they got married young. They were like 20, 22. Um, they got married really young or whatever, but the dad looked at Lecrae and said, I've always wanted a son. Welcome to the family. Like, so he immediately was like, you're my son. You're not my son-in-law. You're my son. And apparently the dude changed Lecrae's life because he was a devout Christian and, like, kept Lecrae, you know, focused. So, yeah, that's kind of, that, yeah, let's move on. I feel like that's an excellent segue into track 12, which is called Still, because I'm assuming that this is about his wife, Yeah. It's not explicit, but yeah, that would be my guess. I feel like there's the implication there. Yeah. He's saying... It is about a romantic partner. We're assuming is his wife. So we fit together like a puzzle. No one else for me. I'm still willing to love you and trust you. Even though you're not always good for me, I don't want to let you go. Yeah. Um, and the funny thing is, is I think on honestly on the last four or five albums from Lecrae... He always has a song dedicated to his wife in some way, shape, or form. Um, I like this song because it's 
the basic idea of like, look, we were going through some hard times, um, but I'm here, you're here, let's work on it together type of thing. Um, yeah, and again, and I feel like this had a pretty good beat to it too. It was pretty. It's a pretty fun song. So, anything else on that track? Nope, moving on. <laughs> you, you keep asking me, and I've told you. My opinion, your opinion, moving on. <laughs> I know, I'm going to keep asking though. Um, what is this one? <laughs> Only Human. Only Human. I was like, I pulled it up, and then the title moved. So yeah, I like I was scrolling through. Only Human, which you first voted down as Only Human. Yeah, I, um, Only Hoonan. I was like, that's not how you spell that word. I've been having trouble spelling today. I don't know. I'm having yeah, an off day. It's, it's, it's been a day for her. <laughs> Uh, what do you got on this song? So, he was talking about, like, hey, there's no pills for the hopelessness that I was feeling. Mm-hmm. This is, like, my kryptonite, so we got, like, a little Superman reference there. Yeah. Um, he was talking about his home and his mind and just how, again, he's gone through this trauma. There's been poverty that's gone on. But he talks, he ends up the song with, like, hey, I'm working on forgiveness and leaning on the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Favorite line in the whole song. He says, God said, take heed lest you fall, but I'm such an October baby. Why is that such a great line? Because October is in the fall? Yes. And I'm assuming he actually is born in October. I don't know. I believe so, but... Even if he wasn't, that's such a great line. God said, take heed lest you fall, but I'm such an October baby. So he's saying, I'm prone to fall, and that's who I am. Um, But I love the fact that he says, even when I fall, like, it's the idea of God even says, like, he's, God's reminding him, you're human, I've made a way for you. And, like, there's that continual connection to Jesus. Um, So, yeah, this song... It's definitely, it's again, it goes back to that lyrical Lecrae where he's just very clever with his lyrics, but they have a message to them. And I really, I really appreciated that. And I like the fact that it's happening toward the end of the album as well. Um, Let's move to the last song, Nothing Left to Hide. So he talks about how grace is sufficient for him and, um, Basically, like his his how does he put it? His blood donor gave enough or something. I don't yeah, know. I'm let me, sure you'll let me find it. Give me a second. Look that up. Here we go. Um, he says, "I called." I'm gonna kind of do the whole thing. He says, "I called the music business a bluff. I'm not famous enough. Who cares what they think? Uh, am I saved enough? His grace is sufficient. My blood donor gave enough." So he talks about Christ being there on his darkest night. Again, just this reiteration of here's my purpose, here's my passion, I want the love of God to drown me, and I'm working on the for- aspects of forgiveness and repentance. Mm-hmm. A um, couple lines that stuck out to me. Um, again, he talks about how he turns to Jesus in his darkest time. He also mentions, and I thought this was really interesting, he's like, I'm not homophobic or anti-Semitic, so give me a little credit before you give me edits. So he's basically saying just because I'm a Christian doesn't mean I fit in what most bubbles that Christians fit in or try to fit into. I don't always fit into them. Um, But again, it's just this idea of like, I'm going to give you everything I have. I have nothing to hide. Um, and I think that's important as a Christian. I think that's important, honestly, in any aspect of life. Just to be like, look, this is who I am. I don't have anything to hide. So, well, go ahead. And, like, for us, with the podcast, we're really adamant about being very transparent about what goes on in our lives yeah. as well. And to be honest with you, that's why I don't do a lot of editing to the show. Because you're going to hear me get up and grab, you know, paper towels and stuff. Because that's life. That's what we do. Um, how did you feel on the album as a whole, as far as how it might impact you if you listen to it more? I feel like it's one of those albums that I will probably get more out of it the more times I listen to it. Definitely. I enjoyed the fact that it wasn't just a surface level, oh, hey, 
I'm in love with this girl or whatever. Because yeah. in, again, in my very limited hip hop experience, it's a lot about girls and bling and just money trying to get that Saturday night feeling, you know? Yeah, to go back to one of his albums. Um, yeah, I think this is an album that as you dig into it, listen to some of his interviews about the album, watch the three-part documentary. Like I said, it's only 30 minutes total. Um, yeah, it's shorter than this podcast. It's short, yeah, this podcast is like an hour and a half. So, um, you'll get a lot out of it. You'll get so much out of it. But we're going to go ahead and take that break, and we'll come back with the Bible study portion of the podcast. So hang tight. We'll be right back with you. What's up, everybody? This is your boy, Ken, a.k.a. Mr. Gentleman of Mr. Gentleman Lifestyle Podcast. And you are now listening to the Beautiful Feet Podcast. Like and subscribe. This episode of the Beautiful Feet Podcast is brought to you by The Sanctuary of My Solitude, a published book of poetry by me, Anthony Giesick. You can pick up your copy at beautifulfeetentertainment.com at iUniverse.com and Amazon.com. Welcome back to the Beautiful Feet Podcast. This is the section of the podcast where we go ahead and jump into scripture um, to get just a better idea of what God is trying to say to us. We're currently going through the book of Romans. Would you mind jumping into Romans chapter 9 as a recap? Of course. Okay, so... We're going to just hit some She's of the... She's like, I'm confused. No, you always ask me to do a recap. I'm good. We talk about this. Yeah. Okay. So, for Romans chapter 9, Paul is talking about the fact that he feels just anguish over the nation of Israel. And remember, like, his background is the fact that he grew up within that community, so it's very close to him, and, like, they're very near and dear to his heart. Um, and he goes on to say... That God's sovereign choice, while it was the people of Israel initially, he's basically saying, okay, I want, like I meaning God, God wants to extend his family. And he quotes Moses as saying, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. And then he goes on to quote Hosea later on in the chapter to say, I, again, God is speaking here, will call them my people who are not my people, and I will call her my loved one who is not my loved one. So basically, Paul is letting the Israelites know that God himself has said, I want the Gentiles to be a part of my faith family, and Jesus is the way that I'm choosing to do that. So in chapter 10, we're going to look more about what it is to become a Christian by the declaration of Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Yeah, so chapter 10 is its one of those chapters that... Um, it's one of those chapters I truly love because it has a verse in there that, like, to me is just uh, very cut and dry in, in the idea that people have questions about faith and what it, what it means and, and how you live it out. This kind of, this really maps it out of what to do and what that means to have faith, right? Um, so let's jump into chapter 10. The first thing that I noticed um, was in the first, like, what, three, four verses. Would you mind reading over, uh, those four verses really fast? Romans chapter 10, verses 1 through 4. Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge since they did not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own. They did not submit to God's righteousness. Christ is the culmination of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. So I love that because he's saying like, my heart and my desire is to have uh, these people saved. 
because of their love for God. Um, and I think we all know people in our life where it's like, hey, I know someone who like is a little different, not like uh, you know traditional Christians or what we think of as a stereotypical Christian, but they love God and they love Jesus. And like, so that verse just really stuck out to me. Um, or the, those verses stuck out to me. Uh, did you have any comment on those verses? Well, again, I feel like we have to remember that the book of Romans really is, it's like building blocks, right? Yeah. So way back earlier in the chapter, we talked all about what righteousness is. And for us as people, righteousness is when we're made right with God. But this is talking about God's righteousness. So that's like a whole different ball game. But they're going to talk about like his sovereignty. And when you're studying the character of God, like we talk about his holiness as well. And I feel like the Israelites really respected that aspect of God. Mm -hmm. I think, see, I don't think that the Israelites in, as he was saying, like their, their zeal, like they have a lot of enthusiasm for God. It's not like they're trying to be disrespectful because honestly, from their perspective, the Messiah who they have long awaited for, he just hasn't come yet. Yeah. But that's why Paul is saying, like, hey, no, Christ is the culmination of the law. Like, the Messiah, the long-awaited one, like, he was here in your midst with you. Yeah. So, as we look into that, again, now we're getting into these verses that really just plainly put together, here's what faith is. And it's in, actually, it's in chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. Uh, let's jump into that verse real quick. Um, it says, actually, I'm going to start, okay, yeah, let's start in verse 9. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with your heart one believes and is justified, and with your mouth one confesses and is saved. So, let's break that verse down, or those two verses down. Well, it's talking about two different aspects of things that make us uniquely human. Our hearts and our words. So, like, think about it. When something is on your heart, we use that as an expression to say, hey, this is something that I want to talk about. So, I feel like it, that's a, a good way to put it. Yeah, it's something you care about or something you're concerned about, right? It's not something that just kind of passes by... It's something that's important to you. So when you believe in your heart that Jesus is, is Lord, like, it, it, it's a, is it, I would almost say it's a burden on your heart to some degree. Yeah, well, so baptism really plays a part in this, at least from the tradition that we're a part of, because we generally baptize, like, older children and adults, so people who can make that proclamation or statement of faith and then they are baptized yeah and this is a verse you'll hear a lot in baptism baptism whether it's being read um from the bible or it's just being mentioned or or referenced um but i like that right i like how he kind of makes this distinction of like to believe um you do that with your heart and then when you confess, that's when you're saved. Because that's when you make a, a public declaration of your faith. You're actually speaking about it. You're actually opening up about it. And that's, I think that's when, personally, when it sinks into you and you're like, oh, wow. Like, th this is real. This is, this is more than just a feeling or a moment. This is um, a livelihood that you're entering into. Well, and too, like, there are some other faith traditions that baptize babies, but in that instance, it's the parents who are standing up and saying, okay, we promise to raise this child in our faith. Yeah. So Until they are old enough to make that confession of faith for themselves. I was just going to say, so Romans, 9, Romans 10 verses 9 and 10 is really you taking a faith that, you've either studied or 
you were raised in and actually going, I'm going to make this mine. I'm going to take ownership of it. And I'm not just going to believe it because I'm, I'm told to believe it or I've always believed in it. I'm actually going to make a dedicated effort to to put my heart and my my words into action and believe in Jesus. Well, and for us as couple, a part of our story is from day one, we sat down and we said we desire to have a Christ-centered relationship. So after we were dating, once we got engaged, we are like, okay, because we're getting serious about our married life, we're ready to take our next step in that faith journey. We actually had the privilege of being able to baptize one another with one of the leaders from our small group. Yeah, that was a that was a big moment because, like you said, I think we had both been baptized before, um, but this was just something that God put on our heart to do together to kind of to bond us together. Um, and I'm not saying every like married couple needs to do this. It's not a biblical thing uh, that like the requirement, but it was just something God put on our heart of like if you're gonna take this journey, do it together. Um, yeah, uh, is let's jump into uh, before we jump into uh, the 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 main verse we want to talk about. Let's start from fourteen all the way until let's go back sixteen or seventeen. So, in that particular passage, did you want me to read it, or did yeah, you just four, kind of talk? Start about at fourteen. It? Okay. Yeah. How then can they call on the one that they have not believed in? They meaning um, Israel. Yeah, yeah, so right before that, uh, in verse 11, before you continue, I'll read verse 11. It says, For there is no distinction between Jew and Gentile, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. Uh, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So it's basically basically saying, yes, um, the Jews think that they're the chosen people, and they are. But now God is bridging that gap. So now we jump into 14. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Thank you. Um... So yeah, this is the this is like this is very important because it does it talks about like how can people believe in Jesus if they don't hear it, hear about who he is, what he's done on the cross, um, and how can people hear it if nobody's preaching it, and just this concept of like being called by God. Now that's that's what our Bible our Bible study portion and that's what our podcast and our website is really here for. It's to spread good news. Now, and that's where we get our name. Like a lot of people ask me, like, why beautiful feet? Like, what does that mean? Well, it says right here. Um, is it? Excuse me. It is written. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news or who preach good news? And that's what we, that's honestly like, when God put this on my heart and I began doing this, that was the purpose, was like to tell stories um, that bring good news, that bring you guys joy, um, but at the same time, like, bring you the gospel. Um, so that's where the name comes from. Um, did you have any thoughts on, on this section? Well, and I feel like this is important because... It talks about the call of being a pastor. Now, people can spread the word and they can spread the good news without having to be a pastor. But this is talking specifically about having a vocation. 
like, hey, this is what I know that God has put on my heart to do is to study the scripture and to help lead other people to Jesus. Yes. And that, I mean, and, and again, I think we live in a culture where people try to say, oh, that job is no longer relevant. It's not needed. I think it's very important to have a pastor or that pastors only work one day a week, which is definitely not true of our pastor. He is always at work behind the scenes. I'm going to, uh, yeah, I'll get into that in a moment. Because I've actually spoken with pastors who are like, people think I only work one day a week. Uh, we'll get into that in a minute. But it's just this idea. I think in our culture, they think pastors are no longer needed. I think they're very needed. Because one, they, they do understand the scripture in a way that they can explain it to people who may not hear the Bible a lot or hear it preached on. So they have this gift of taking what is written, making sure the background information is there, and put, telling it in a story or in a sermon that, that is understandable to, uh, let's say, the common man, as much as I don't really like that term, but somebody who may not hear the gospel. Well, and like pastors... It's not just, hey, I preach on Sunday. Like, for us, our pastor, like, our church was able to make sure that we had premarital counseling sessions, and we took it upon ourselves to also have marital counseling sessions scheduled every six months. Yes. So, going into the, the, the myth um, that pastors work one day a week, um, to be honest with you, our pastor has mentioned in, you know, at, at, at the church or at the, on stage, basically, he's kind of broken down his work week where he's like, hey, Monday I come into work. Um, we start to go over the message of basically outlining it. And he says we because he works with the church. He's not doing it by himself. And then he'll write the sermon um, throughout the week and practice it. But he's also meeting with people. And talking with like church leaders and church members like he's doing a lot of background research throughout the week and then you know I think he said he had like Fridays off and then he preaches Saturday and Sunday so the dude has one day off a week well and like he's married I think they have three kids if I believe three kids one of which is just moved to college but we yeah. don't need to get too deep into his personal life well, and on top of the fact that, like, he's he's planning sermons, he's meeting with people, he's praying for people, whether they're people in the hospital or people who are going through health issues or just a financial crisis, like, they have a prayer team of people who are, like, constantly just, okay, we're going to pray about this. Yeah. Well, and not only that, because we go to a church that has multiple campuses, He's meeting with people from every campus throughout the week. So, again, this myth of like, oh, they only work on Sunday. That, I don't think that's ever been true. Now more than ever, that it's never been true. Um, and again, I talk to pastors one-on-one -on -one and I ask them, you know, these questions. Each campus or each location is going to have its own pastor as well. Yeah. To help kind of deal with the... Facilitate. With everything that's happening on the local level. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Like, to be a pastor, it, it, it's a full-time, six-day-a-week job. Um, well, and if you look at Paul, because his ministry was to plant churches, Paul's job was basically to be like, Hey, I'm going to tell you the message of Jesus. I'm going to pick some people from among you. And, like, that's going to be your leadership. Yeah, and what Paul did, like, like she said, he would start the church. He would get it moving, get it going. Once it was established, he would move on, and he'd go build another church somewhere else. But he also kept in contact with that church and the leadership of that church that he put in charge, um, basically to, to make sure they were um, still functioning correctly, still working as a team, still achieving the goal that they had set out to achieve. So, so uh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, in this chapter, it basically also covers to, like, salvation. 
um, and again, like that is one thing that kind of ties in with baptism. But like you can, you can make a declaration of salvation without having to also be baptized. Mm-hmm. So we think of it as like the ABCs. So you accept it in your heart. Profess- you be- you you believe it that Jesus is your Lord, and then you confess it with your mouth. Yes, and with that confession from the mouth, like. You also, over time, your actions will begin to uh, reflect what you believe. Because we all know that somebody's actions really reflect what they believe. Like, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, like, their actions will show that. Your, your faith in Jesus will be reflected by your words and your actions. It's really, it really is uh, as easy as that. It's that's really as easy as it gets. Um, well, and think about like our words too. Again, for example, I don't know where the reference is, but it talks about the fact that like you can't praise God and then be angry at man at the same time. Yeah. Like in order for us to truly worship God and have that praise, we have to also be praising and encouraging the people around us whether they're a part of our church congregation or if it's someone you work with people in your family just like people you may see throughout your day-to-day life i know that's something you and i had spoke about this morning um simply because i'm not going to tell the whole story it's kind of a longer one but we were just talking about how yeah like you cannot go into church on a Sunday or any any day of the week and worship God, but at the same time have a feud with somebody um, in your life. Like it just it because your 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 mind your attention is going to go toward the feud and not one hundred percent toward Jesus. And the thing is, when when you worship Jesus, you're actually worshiping not only the God who saved you. But the God who reconciled you, which that word basically means, and we've talked about it before, is like a mending of a friendship. Well, we as as Christians, one of our jobs, we are called to actually reconcile with the people who, in our lives, we may have broken ties with. Well, and in Galatians, it talks in chapter 5 about the fruit of the Spirit. Yes. So because we're walking with Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit with us in our hearts and our lives. We're going to see things like love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, like temperance or self-control. All of these things are the things that the Gospels are telling us. God wants you to focus on those aspects. Absolutely. Um, And like you said, it's going to naturally be seen when you follow Jesus authentically. And honestly, for me, like in my workplace... I can't really talk about Jesus, but the thing that I do to show his love to my coworkers is I come in every day and I'm like, hi, so-and-so, how are you? Like, I, I take an interest and I try to remember bits and pieces and aspects, like details of their life story. Like, oh, how's your son? How's your daughter? How's, how, how was the break you, know, you like, went on yeah. on the vacation? And, and I try to do, you know, and, and the same thing in my job. I can't just come in Bible in hand. And preach you know but what I can do is be patient with the agents that I work with with the people I work with I could also be very complimentary or guide them in a way that's not um, break, breaking them down but really you know guiding them with through their job like I can you know guide them through a chat or through a call with a patient I, I can do things like that, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. there's ways of showing your faith or, or preaching the gospel, I put that in air quotes, um, without actually using words. Uh, there's actually a quote that says, you know, um, some, something, and I'm paraphrasing this, but basically like, with all your life, preach the gospel when you need to use words. Mm-hmm. I don't know who said it, but I hear it all the time and then, in, in Bible studies and Christian circles and things like that. Uh, basically, it's saying, let your life be the example of Jesus. When you need to speak, that, you know, you don't you don't need to speak all the time. Well, and on a similar vein from that, I've, again, heard like a paraphrased quote where it's like your, your life may be 
the only gospel that someone else will ever read. Yes. Because, again, we all know not everyone reads the Bible or not everyone understands what they're reading. So when they see you living out your faith authentically, truly following Jesus, um, and then, you know, making amends when you make mistakes, like, when they see that kind of action, it brings people to wonder what's different, what's going on, and they'll, they'll ask questions. Um, we both had experiences like that. Yeah. Where people have come to us and been like, hey, are you a Christian? Like, you, see, you seem to be a loving, caring human being. Like, I'm not used to seeing this. And we get to share our faith that way. And I feel like that's just a commentary on our times right now that kindness is such a... Okay, I'm not... Delicacy. Yeah. Well, again, we're going through tumultuous times right now, so people are at their wits' end. And it's just that thing of like, okay, I get that you're frustrated, but like, we are choosing to be kind. Yeah. But that does, like, you don't have to be a Christian to be a kind and good person. No. But what Paul is saying is that when you accept Jesus into your heart and life, he is going to change your words, your actions, your thoughts, everything about you. Like I was talking to um, one of my best friends last night. I was texting her and I was like, I admire your deep faith so much. And she was like, honestly, I wasn't always this way. But once Jesus came into my life and once I was baptized, it completely changed. Yeah. And and I was going to say, like, yes, Jesus changes your actions and your words. One thing I like that he doesn't always do, like, he doesn't change your personality. Yeah. Because the person that you are, that's already unique to you. So your interest, whether it be, you know, I love hip-hop, she loves, like, classical and ballet, uh, whether it be um, the way you dress, the way you relate to people, Jesus won't change that. But what he will do is he'll use those and re- reform them to... To be a reflection of of who Jesus is. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Next week, we're going to look more into how Paul is saying how God is going to integrate the Gentiles into the pre-existing family of God. So that's like a little sneak peek of what we're going to get into. Because you have two very different people groups that Paul is saying, like, everyone who calls on the name of Jesus you're all in the same family now yes um and you know with that there's obviously going to be difficulties and challenges but um Paul's going to actually talk about how to deal with that as well so we'll be talking about that uh next week we're jumping into chapter 11 there's only 16 chapters, so we're getting close. We're getting right to that, um, right to the like ending of, of the book. So again, I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you guys. You know, as you're re- listening to this, please, please read the scripture for yourself because we're only going over bits and pieces. If we went line by line, verse by verse, this series would be a year long. Like, we, I, I know people, I've heard of churches that, like, this year were preaching over the book of Romans. And it's for the whole year. Because there's so much content in there. Um, so I hope you're reading it. I hope God's, like, really just, really just encouraging you through this time. Um, any other announcements we want to bring up before we close? She's thinking, she's thinking. <laughs> Sorry, I've been put on the spot here. Um, I mean, it's okay to say no. No, I, I don't <laughs> feel like there's really anything super huge to announce, you know? No, not at this time. Um, so, yeah, feel free to share this podcast, share this episode uh, with family, with friends, with anyone who you think needs to hear uh, this gospel. Um, thank you guys for your support. Um, we appreciate just the people who are who are here who are listening. It's fantastic to have that. Um, remember to follow us. Uh, go ahead and visit us beautifulfeetentertainment.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at beautifulfeetentertainment. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. Would you mind go ahead and closing in prayer for us? Of course not. 
Alrighty, here. Father God, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for this time that you've given us to, again, just grow and learn from your word. We thank you for Paul and just the heart that he had for the people that he was writing to. And we thank you for the fact that you're going to show us how the children of Israel and the Gentiles are all going to come together in this faith family. We thank you for sending your son to, um, to unify us and so that we could be of one mind. We thank you for the fact that Jesus made that sacrifice to die on the cross for us and for our sins. We thank you for the fact that your word is alive today and that we're still learning from it. We thank you that Jesus is still with us in our hearts. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit that um, just helps us to have that discernment and the wisdom and guidance that we need to make it through these times. We thank you for the many blessings that you've given to us, whether that's our health or our family or the place that we have to live. We just know that everything that is in our lives comes from you, Lord. And again, there is just so much to be thankful for. Um, just that concept of counting our blessings, whether big or small. We thank you for our listeners and we just pray a special blessing over them during this time that they would, um, as Anthony was saying, read along with us and just learn how to, um, to take the word of God and have it in their hearts and just have that time to themselves. We thank you for, um, those moments that we have during our day where we can see Jesus in the people around us and we just pray that you would reveal the that to us more and more in the days and weeks to come and we ask all these things in jesus name we pray amen amen thank you guys so much thank you for your support uh we will uh be back with you guys next week with a brand new episode so stay tuned for that have a great rest of your week thank you for listening to the beautiful feet podcast a partnership of beautifulfeetentertainment.com Please feel free to follow us on social media at Beautiful Feet Entertainment. Please visit BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com and do not forget to like, share, and subscribe.